Sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Yeah, you killed my Myrtle. I killed her. Oh, hey, don't blame me. Blame it on the Rossanova. But how about you take some responsibility yourself for once in your life, Buster? I just got one thing to say to you. Don't call me Buster. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. We are the family-friendly podcast that talks about rated R movies. And more. Yep. You can follow us on Facebook. We are Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. We also have a Twitter. It is Funtime Movies One. That is at Funtime Movies and the number one. Please give us a like on your favorite platform as well. Maybe make a comment. Say, hey, these guys are just okay. Or or better. Yeah. <laughs> um I've never rated myself. Maybe I should do that. Just go in there and just say Well that's just Five stars, best podcast I've ever heard. <laughs> I think, I, I don't think that's right. No. No. Yeah, I shouldn't do that. No. <clears throat> I should create seven or eight different personalities, and one would be like an old grandma and go, these are the best people I've ever heard in my whole life. Eric is so sweet. Arwen sounds like a whore. What? <laughs> Let's get to the movie. <laughs> well, first, yeah... We at we're on Stitcher, Spotify, yeah. iHeartRadio, everywhere. Podchaser, Podmatic. Uh, Podmatic, you're making things up now. Well, I don't know. Actually, all of there them. might be one out There's, there. I there don't should know. be one. If there's not, I created it just now. Give me money. <laughs> all right. So anyway, this movie is an adaptation of one of my favorite books, mm-hmm. and when it came out, I was super hyped to see it and i went and saw it in the theater did you like it i loved it so now that you've watched it again was it lacking no no you still like it i I think it holds up pretty well okay i mean the internet doesn't but i do (laughs) so the internet is all not always right no this movie's called needful things uh 1992 rated r Two hours, and we saw it on Stars. Mm-hmm. The director is uh, Fraser C. Heston. Is he a TV director? Yeah. 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 Um, but he is most known as Baby Moses in the Ten Commandments movie starring Charlton Heston. That's funny. Yeah. That's so, a fun fact. He might, he might be related. I don't know. I didn't look. This movie stars... Max von Sydow, again. I know, he's everywhere. Ed Harris, uh, Bonnie Bedelia, mm-hmm. and Amanda Plummer. So I think this is the second thing I've ever seen Bonnie Bedelia in. Um, I've never heard of her uh, except in this movie. She's not in um, Read My Brain. No, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never seen her before. I could have sworn that she was in one of your favorite movies. If she is, I didn't know who she was. Yeah, she's in Die Hard. She's the wife in Die Hard. Okay. So. She did not look familiar to me at all. Really? I'm looking to see if there's anything else. 
Probably Die Hard 2. Well, yeah, that. Presumed Innocent. Heart Like a Wheel. What if? Looks like she probably does a lot of... Uh... TV. Yeah. So, she's been in your favorite TV show. Name it. Probably on Lifetime. Anyway, movie's called Evil Things. Yes. Based on a book. Now, let me tell you a short story before we get into this. Okay. I used to watch a show on the USA Network. It was called USA Up All Night. Right. Now, at this point, Gilbert Gottfried had left the show, and a new person named Rhonda Shear had come in. Okay. Rhonda Shear, I think she was in Playboy. Mm. Big, massive boobs, just jiggling all over the place. Like, everything on her jiggled. And uh, that's what they used. Okay. She was their poster person. So, Rhonda Shear, she was a TV personality, blah, blah, blah. Can't say enough about her because I don't know anything about her except for that she did Playboy, I think. Possibly. Uh, but they her. would they would show movies mm-hmm. that they, they would show trauma movies somehow edited for TV. Um, I still don't know how I watch trauma movies on USA because uh, they didn't they didn't show any nudity or cussing. Right. But all the gore was just packed right in there. So anyway, over a series of maybe a month, maybe two months, uh, they would have a guest from Needful Things and they'd show a small clip. So, like, one time Rhonda's in bed, and she goes, guess who's in my bed today? And then up would pop Max von Sydow, mm-hmm. and she's like, it's Max von Sydow. Tell me about your character. Well, Leland Gaunt is this devil guy, blah, blah, blah. Huh. You know? That's And then funny. they'd show a small clip. And the one that they always showed was where he goes, you wussy. <laughs> you know? Because it was funny. <laughs> so, anyway, that's my short story about that and how that hype train worked Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because usa up all night was targeted towards people who would watch needful things yes um we don't get that much anymore Mm -mm. they go through an algorithm on youtube and they'll show you a movie trailer but you can skip through it yeah so i don't know how advertising really works anymore i don't know how media advertising works i get how regular advertising works yeah there's a need there's demand you know. Right. So there's differences in the book than there were in the movie. The book was nearly 800 pages long, I think. Mm. It's hard um, to put all that on onto screen. Yeah. And Unless you do a miniseries, which I think this movie would have benefited as a absolutely, miniseries. Absolutely. Like, like they did with The Stand. Mm-hmm. The Stand or It, or The Langoliers, something like that. I haven't seen The Langoliers. Oh, it is Bronson Pinchot good. Really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, the first shot is an amazing shot. It's this overhead shot, probably done by a helicopter, because drones didn't really exist. And it's just over the woods and over the shore. They show the uh, the, the lighthouse and uh, the ocean. They, you see that they're by this ocean, mm-hmm. so it's a dock community, you know, yeah. like something like that. The book touts this as the last Castle Rock story. Weird. Yeah. And I, I, it's my favorite book by Stephen King. Yeah. Interesting. It's one of my favorite books. That's my favorite book. I read it in about a month. Interesting. So, yeah. And I read slow, so don't make fun of me. Jerks. It took me forever to read, uh, The Shining. Yeah. Um, 
And it wasn't that it was bad. It was just hard to get through. Yeah. Yeah. I read The Shining. That was my first Stephen King book. Really? Yeah. I think uh, Carrie was mine or Christine. Mine was The Shining, Firestar, Carrie, the Bachman books. Um, I read Cujo. I've read Needful Things. I read It. The last one I ever read was The Stand. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, that's not true because I read the first three of the... The uh, Dark Tower. The Dark Tower series. Yeah. So. I really enjoyed the Bachman books. Yeah. You can't, I, I don't know if you can get them anymore. I'm sure you can. They got, like, used bookstores. Oh, I know that. Some people don't sell it anymore, though. Right. Uh, so this overhead shot was really pretty. So then we cut to this diner. So in the book... This, uh, this isn't a diner. No? No. Polly is a seamstress, and that's why she has arthritis. Well, that... I guess that would make more sense. Yeah. I, I had a huge issue with Polly being, uh... A waitress? Being or, a waitress. Or a diner owner? The, being the owner is fine, but actually, like... Waiting on tables? There, There's a scene where, you know, she's... She's her hands are all knotted up, and then she goes and gets a co- uh, a, a pot of coffee, full pot of mm-hmm. coffee, and I'm like, mm, yeah, I don't think that would be real. Probably not. But anyway, <laughs> so Amanda Plummer plays crazy pretty well, as we've seen before in quite a few yeah. other roles well, in, pop, in Pulp Fiction. Yes, um, The Fisher King. Yes, uh, let me think, Freeway. There's one where she plays a hooker, and when she takes off her clothes, she's wearing, like, actual big chains and stuff around her body, and her nipples are pierced, and it was weird. Uh, that sounds awful. Yeah. I don't remember the name of that movie. I should look it up. Okay. Because you got to see that scene. Ah. Just that one scene, because she's, like, takes off her clothes. Like, big chains. Big, linked chains. That's weird, Eric. Yeah. I don't know what's going on in this woman's head. Um, what else has she been in that she was a little crazy those those three kind of come to mind yeah she's been in a lot of things yeah one other thing that we saw during the opening was that uh really old black car yes was that like an uh a bentley or something or um it was like a bmw i think yeah something like that someone's gonna flame me for not knowing what that is but i don't care in the book it's a tucker okay because he drives a tucker odd choice yeah, Stephen King has weird quirks that he puts in his books. Uh-huh. And he was fascinated with Tucker. Interesting. Uh, the Tucker automobiles. Uh, because they didn't steer in the front, they steered in the back. Oh, weird. So could, it, it was it handled better, apparently. So you'd sit in the back? No, you'd sit in the front. Oh. But the back wheels turned. Oh, oh, it would steer. oh I get it. Okay. So, yeah, there's this black car. The windows are soaped up across the street from uh, the diner. Nettie is like going a little nutso over this new owner. Yeah, she's like, she's like, ooh, the new guy's gonna be there soon. There's a new awning. There's a new, you know, sign. Mm-hmm. Needful things. What does that mean? We get a sense that people are kind of a little bit weird in this town. I have a feeling that it's such a, a small town that any outsider is kind of looked at weird. Yeah. And distrustful. Especially this guy. He's a little foreign. Yes. Being from Akron, Ohio. I was going to say, he's he's coming all the way from Ohio. Yeah. So she's like, the shop's called Needful Things. What What's going on? 
oh, I don't know. When they open up, we'll we'll greet them. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, we're not. No. Yeah, she was really nervous and didn't want to go over there. Yeah. So this boy, like, rides up to the the Neeful things. Yes. And uh, his name's Brian. Mm-hmm. Brian Cranston. No. No. Brian something. It starts with a K, I think. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Stephen King gives everybody a unique, weird name, yes, too. Yes, he does. Um, that's another thing he does, you know. So, I guess, so you can remember them. And some person says, aren't you supposed to be in school? And he goes, I'm sick. Is that what he said? Yeah. Yeah. Or I got a cold. It was kind of funny. And then the lady just wanders off. And mm-hmm. this is that older culture in small towns where somebody else is also your parent. Oh, yeah. Even if you don't know them that well. Mm-hmm. They would haul off and smack you in a damn restaurant. Mm-hmm. If you're too noisy, they tell you to shut up. Mm-hmm. You know, things like that. The sign on the door says open at Neville Things. Right. And so he goes in. And he's looking around. And it feels like every time somebody would go in there alone, everything was custom to what they're interested in. It did look that way. So he goes into this room that's off to the side. And this was a, it's not even a store. It's like a big house, Mm -hmm. like a mansion. Yeah. And so he goes in, he's looking around and he sees, you know, baseball stuff, bikes, things like that. And then uh, we get our first look at Mr. Leland Gaunt. And the kid's like, oh, I swear I'm not stealing. Yeah. He's like, oh, you're fine. He's like, what What do you like? And he's like, oh, I, I'm just here looking. He's like, no, nonsense. Let's take you a look around. You want a bike, a mountain bike? Oh, I got one of those. You like this? Nah. Do you like baseball cards? <laughs> and so... In, in the book, he was missing a Sandy Koufax card. Mm-hmm. Like, he had the all the cards on that team except for Sandy Koufax. In this, he has all the cards of the New York Yankees or the Boston Red Sox, I think, because Stephen King's a big Boston Red Sox fan, except for Mickey Mantle. Yeah. And he goes, ooh, let me go see if I can find something. And he goes out, he takes the card, and he brings it back in, and says to my good friend Brian, he goes, that's my name, that's impossible. <laughs> he's like, hold it. And so he holds it, and he's taken back in time in his mind, not literally, but and he's watching Mickey Mantle hit a home run or something like that. And he's like, whoa. He's like, so, how much do you think it's this is worth? He goes, well, sir, I only have, don't tell me how much money you have. <laughs> yeah. Never tell a salesman how much money you have. I love how he teaches people how to haggle. Yeah. And he he's like, we'll just see what we have. And so he's pulling out coins one by one. Leland's like, no. No. This is a $700 card, by the way. It's got to be. No, it is. They oh, say okay. It. Oh. The kid says, yeah, my dad wants it, but it's $700. Ah, okay. So he's pulling out nickels, quarters. They get to about 95 cents. And he goes, well, that's all I got, sir. He goes, well, we'll call this half the payment. (laughs) Now, if I was going to get a Mickey Mantle card, and if I was into baseball cards at all, 
and and I wanted a Mickey Mantle card, and the guy said ninety five cents is a half a payment. I go out looking for bottles and stuff, uh-huh. trying to raise enough money to get another ninety five cents. Right. But that's not what Leland means. Mm-hmm. Instead, Leland means you pay me a little bit of money, and then you do a deed for me, a trick, a prank. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Brian is that he's actually really smart. Yeah. So, you know, it almost was like he wasn't going to take the bait. Right. But then he did. Of course. Uh, we we uh, see Leland writing in a black book. And he turns it over to a new page, writes Castle Rock on it, mm-hmm. and, and write, writes Brian's name in there. Yeah. And the last entry had been Akron. Yeah. So this movie cuts around a lot. Oh my gosh, yes. Which is probably one of the faults of the movie. Uh, but we get to this guy named Danforth Keaton. <laughs> Buster. He, he got a parking ticket, and he's angry. Mm-hmm. And he's yelling at Norris Ridgewick, the uh, the deputy uh, the deputy sheriff. And uh, they're, they're, they almost get into a fist fight. Yeah. Because people know not to call Danforth Buster Keaton Buster. Mm-hmm. And he's like, don't ever call me Buster. You know, in the book, it is way more crazy than that. He gets so angry. He turns on a dime. He's He kind of turns on a crazy dime here. Oh, yeah. Def- he, well, and, definitely. And he's always amped. There's never a time where he's really calm. No. And then, you know, like Sheriff Pangborn's in it. Now, Sheriff Pangborn, he's in another movie. Mm-hmm. He's played by... Merle from The Walking Dead. Oh. In what? Uh, Michael Rooker is his name. Yeah. Um, the Dark Half. Okay. So he plays Sheriff Pangborn there. And then the Sheriff Pangborn is a major character in the first season of, of Castle Rock. Right. So he's a, an established character in the Castle Rock mythos. Mm-hmm. He might be in other books. I didn't do the research. But yeah, he's... Buster's just this wound up fool of a guy. So we kind of get that, just that introduction. Mm -hmm. We cut back to Nettie. She's going to take a pie across the street and be the welcoming committee. Right. She has this big old Rottweiler dog. And so she goes over there and she goes inside. Of course, Leland Gaunt is nowhere to be seen it yet. And she wanders into a room and she sees like this precious moments doll. No, it's a, it's, it's a Hummel. All right. A Hummel. Hummels are, people are crazy for Hummels. Really? Even more than Precious Moments. I've never heard of them. Hummels are the little one, uh, the little figurines, usually a little boy or girl, and they're kind of, uh, they they remind me of like German uh, fairy tale kind of dressed. There's this little boy Hummel figure that she's just enamored with. Yeah. Now, her other one broke because her husband beat her to death, or half to death. He beat her and then broke all of her hummels. Yeah. And she tried to save that last one, and I think that's the day that she murdered her husband. Yeah. (laughs) So, she's crazy about these hummels, like, I guess, is normal. And, uh, and and she, she gets this one, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, don't know what her little deed is going to be yet. She didn't have to pay any money. No. Weird, huh? Mm-hmm. In, in the book, she 
collects carnival glass, and I'm not sure what that is. Carnival glass is kind of got like this, it's pinkish and purples and yellows and kind of looks rainbowy. Uh, Grandma Marge had a bunch of carnival glass. Oh, really? I love carnival glass. I'm not fanatic about it. Yeah. I don't have any of it anymore, but I can see how how you could switch from one collection to another. Yeah. Okay. Um, then we cut back to Brian, and uh, he's collecting uh, turkey poop. Yes. And putting it in this bucket, and then he just flings it at this woman named Wilma. Uh, her sheets that are drying out in the wind. Mm-hmm. Now, Wilma is a spectacularly crazy character as well. Oh, my. She's very butchy. Mm-hmm. Not a lesbian. She's like like Ma Kettle or something like that. Like, very gruff woman with a very demure husband. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Very soft-spoken man. In the book, she's a bank teller. So, I don't know why they made her a turkey farmer in this. So, I don't, I don't know. know. Uh, we also get in this montage of scenes, uh, Alan is going to propose to Polly. Yeah. And so, I, th- I think in there somewhere, she accepts, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I think that they might be married in the book. Oh, okay. I can't remember if they were married or if they were just dating. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then the sheriff goes and visits Leland. Yes. And it sets up this good versus evil right here. Except in the book, Sheriff doesn't interact with Gaunt at all in the book until the end. Really? When when things escalate. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's, it's very different from the book. And a lot of people who love the book mm-hmm. hate this movie because of certain things. You know, certain changes. You know, Wilma's a turkey farmer. Uh, it's not carnival glass. I mean, I think in, in uh, like, who's ever heard of Sandy Koufax outside of knowing baseball at all? I don't know. But everybody knows who Mickey Mantle is. Yes. What the hell is carnival glass? I don't know. But everybody knows what a Hummel is. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it makes sense. Yes. Wilma being a fanatical turkey farmer, other than a really jerky kind of bank teller, makes sense. Yeah, I guess. Uh, her feud, though, with Nettie never made sense to me. She hates the dog. The dog barks at her. She gets mad. Oh. Um, by the way, Leland has like a word that he says to the dog in German, and the dog just calms down and sits. That's it. Interesting. Um, and he teaches Hugh that word. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. We also get the Protestants versus Catholics thing, where general... You want to talk about something escalating quickly. <laughs> Holy crap. It's casino night at the at, at the Catholic church, and uh, Reverend General Briggs gets a <laughs> gets a, uh, a, a bumper sticker yeah. of some sort, and it says, uh, thou say, shall not sin or something. Say no to the devil. Say no to the devil. Yeah. That comes in later, making it very funny, but... It's this whole, who gives a crap? <laughs> really? Yeah. It's the Baptists versus the Catholics. Yeah. So, and then, uh, <laughs> then we cut back to Wilma. See, it does jump around it a lot. It jumps around a lot. Uh, we cut back to Wilma and her sheets, and she walks right into her sheets, like, through them. I can understand that. And, but they're covered in poop she wasn't paying attention she just she's expected like, oh, to walk through God, her laundry it's, it's mud 
no, it's poop. Yeah. So then we cut to the bar. And Buster's drinking at the bar. And he's saying, like, there's cameras behind the windows. Or the not the windows, the mirrors. The mirrors. And uh, the, the barkeep is like, ah, whatever. And achy, breaky heart's playing in the background. And it's, like, stuck on the achy, breaky part. Uh-huh. Which would drive you insane. Like, don't tell my heart. Don't tell my heart. You know, yeah. my achy, breaky heart. Something yeah. like that. And so this guy named Hugh, who's the town drunk. Yeah. He goes over and he just uh, gives it a swift kick. <laughs> it fixes the problem. But he was told not to kick it. Mm-hmm. And so the barkeep is like, don't kick that again. And he goes, okay. And he kicks it anyway. So he gets thrown out. Yes. It's raining. He walks by needful things. He sees a varsity jacket of some sort from like when he was a kid. His varsity jacket. It has his name on the shoulder. Yeah. Which is, Hugh is not a common name. No. He goes in. And he's like, oh, I'm soaked to the bone, blah, blah, blah. And Leland takes him over to the jacket. He goes, oh, this can be yours if you just do this one little thing for me. So he's setting all these people up. Mm-hmm. And he's not setting up. He didn't set up Nettie to do something to Wilma. He set up Brian to do something to Wilma. He set up Hugh to do something to Nettie. Yes. He set up uh, Polly to do something to Pangborn. Mm-hmm. Um, no. The, the lady in the sheriff's office did something to Pangborn. Polly never did anything to anybody. He did something to her. Yeah. Um, And then Nettie. Oh, Nettie's, Nettie's trick was my favorite. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll get to all that here in a moment. <laughs> uh, the Reverend had visited Gaunt. Yes, this was a funny scene. And he says, hey, uh, I, I run this Baptist church, you know, and uh, the reverend's name was, uh, forget. I'm, I call him General Briggs because he played General Briggs in Twin Peaks. Yes. I wrote it down, I think, at some point, but it just didn't matter. So I called him, yeah. you know, reverend and priest. Yeah. But he he wants to put that say no to the devil sticker yeah. up at, at Leland's. And, and Leland's mm-hmm. like, oh, I, I don't like, no. I don't think I can do that. Yeah. I I, <laughs> I, I, I sell to everyone. Yeah. He and asked then, him what, what religion he was. He goes, do you believe in God? And he goes, yeah, well, we've met. Non, non-denominational. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he takes the reverend over to this corner. And they're like statues, like pornographic statues it, and, and pictures. It, it's and, art and, yeah. you know, yeah. and Like a woman riding a giant penis like it's a dog. Yeah, it's yeah. really weird. And there's this really pretty nude painting. And uh, the next scene is you see the reverend leaving with a uh, rolled up painting. Yeah. <laughs> so reverend likes some dirty pictures. I said, Gaunt shows the reverend ancient pornography. <laughs> I think, And then the priest, he passes the priest. The priest comes up and he sees the, the Eucharist or whatever. The, I the thought it was Holy supposed Grail. to be the Holy Grail. Yeah. yeah. Um, then it shows a montage of Gaunt just selling stuff to people like a first edition uh, Treasure Island signed by the guy who wrote Stu- it. Stevenson. Yeah, Robert Louis Stevenson. <laughs> I was like, I almost said... Uh, C.S. Lewis. I'm like, no. <laughs> no. And I think, I think honestly, he may have made some actual sales, some honest sales yeah. in between here. But I think he 
made a deal with every person who took an item. Absolutely. Because everybody's nuts in this town. Yeah. Uh, Gaunt visits Polly in her diner after this montage. Yeah, she had just where, locked everything. Yeah, she had just locked up, and then she turns around. There's Gaunt, and she goes, how long have you been sitting there? He goes, I just hope to have a cup of coffee. And she's like... Alright. And this is the yeah, scene her with hands her hands are so are messed gnarled. up. Like he went to shake her hands and she like pulled him back. Yeah. Um we knew a person like that. I shook her hand once and I squeezed too hard and then I felt oh. real bad. Um mm-hmm. so I don't know how she's doing. I wish I hope she's alright. Yeah. Um but she has very bad arthritis. Her hands are gnarled up bad. But then she gets that cup that, that pot of coffee yeah. and I was like <sighs> And then he goes do you have anything back there that resembles a donut? I know. I, I need something to dunk. <laughs> and I'm like, I bet you do, sir. <laughs> I bet you do. And this is where he takes her across the way and uh, gives her this this magical necklace. Yeah, it's like ancient Egyptian. In the book, it's a it's a spider that grows really big and and it tries to eat her. <gasps> oh gosh! Yeah. In this, not so much. No. In this, it's just. So whenever we a MacGuffin s- inside, yeah. Whenever we see uh, someone take one of the items, there's always electricity yeah. and a scene. And hers was her having sex with Leland. Yeah. And I was like, the no, very the very last no. thing I want to see is Max von Sydow gyrating on uh, Mrs. McCloud or whatever her name. Yeah. Was. <laughs> yeah. I I it's like. Ew. Yeah. So it is very in, cringy. In her, very cringy. If it, if I was in her position, you would have had sex with him too. No, I would have been like, eh, it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, sir. <laughs> well, she, she seems like she's very nice. Yeah. Um, she's very much in love with Alan. Yeah. You know, and I don't know, maybe, maybe she was like, well, that was weird. There's a that uh, I could see. There's a three-hour cut of this movie that was presented over two days on TBS. And it shows a lot more of the, the townspeople doing dumb things to each other. Oh, a um, lot of deleted scenes. Yeah. But yeah, that one's in, like, litigation hell. They're never going to get it out. Really? TBS owns the rights to it and they oh. don't want to release it or something. I guess. I'd actually like to see HBO take this and make something new. It would be nice. It would be amazing. Yeah. Um, we cut. Or they could do this in uh, one of the Castle Rock seasons. Oh, it would be a, a better part of the Castle Rock seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Wilma harasses Nettie, calls her up, well, threatens her dog. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, she called she, the diner? Yeah, she called the diner. And then she shows up at the diner at one point and just like breaks stuff around her. Yeah. Like, and orders like dog themed food. Yeah. Ugh. And so Nettie, who's cutting a pie, turns around with that knife, and she's very famous with this knife. Yes. <laughs> in in the book or in the, in the movie, she allegedly killed her husband. In the book, she was she just came back from the uh, criminally insane. Uh, oh, so she had been convicted. Bin, yeah. Okay. So she's trying to get her life back together, as opposed to. Hiding this crazy secret that right. everybody knows she did. Mm-hmm. And they all think that she did it. And they're all like, it's justifiable. He was a dick. 
<laughs> so is she the Carol Baskin of uh, Castle Rock? No. <laughs> Nettie's actually a nice person. Buster, at one point, got this magic racetrack. We we find out that he's embezzled money. Yes. And, and Pangborn knows. Yes, told him he has a week to replenish yeah. the funds. At one point, Polly is walking down by the docks. She sees and them. And she sees them talking. Yes. So that sets up something. But it's kind of left meh, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there's that. He's embezzled, like, $20,000, I think he said. Yeah, I think that's what it was. And so he gets this racetrack that's this little wind-up thing it's got horses on it and it goes around and looks like a 1950s toy yeah in the book it's explained that it it's got a mechanism inside that it's a different horse like it's always a it's different never horse. the same yeah it's very random so leland says if you whisper the name of a horse and touch the horse that you want it to represent mm-hmm. you're gonna win every single time yeah he's doing that at some point mm-hmm Gaunt causes a storm to happen. So, back to Danforth for a second there. Yeah. He's married. Yeah. And he's, he's in his office with this toy, and he's having a good old time. Right. And his wife comes to the door, and he's an absolute a-hole to her. Yeah. And all I can think of is, how could you be married to somebody so terrible? It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, because she seems like a really nice person, the little that we see. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's using this racetrack, and he's caught up in his own little world. So, Nettie leaves her dog at the house. No, not yet. Uh, Nettie does leave well, and goes to, what's his name's house? She goes to Danforth's house. Yeah. While Brian is also at the turkey farm again yes. with a case of apples. Yes. Because his job wasn't done yet. The, the apples that are very much the same is what Nettie makes yeah, her pies Yeah, these from. green apples yeah. that Nettie makes these amazing pies, apparently. And uh, he just decides he's going to be the pitcher at the World Series. And he just, like, throws these apples into this house Smashing the windows, smashing whatever's behind that window. Their TV, their microwave, yeah, everything. everything is destroyed. First floor, second floor, and his very last apple misses the last window. Yeah. And so he rides away. All the while, her husband, Wilma's husband, is feeding the turkeys. Yeah. Doesn't hear a thing. That's because turkeys' decibel levels are high. Oh, are they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can't hear nothing. <laughs> it's funny... It's funny later when Wilma comes home to discover this and he's he's walking back from the turkeys and he's like, Wilma, what, the wind is broken. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Nettie is doing the tickets. Yes. All over Danforth's house. Right. And it's they're funny. all signed Norris Ridgewick. They're all pink slips, like mm-hmm. tickets everywhere. And it's ones like for effing a horse or for being an effing, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Embezzlement. Embezzlement. Cheater. Yeah. Liar. And she gets real creative. She just does, she doesn't just stick them everywhere. Yeah. She, she pulls makes, out some tape and yeah. makes like string pennants and things like that. It's hysterical. So he is still, he's so obsessed in, in his house or in his uh, den. Mm-hmm. 
So that he didn't happens. realize until she almost gets caught. Yeah. Now, at the same time, all this is happening. Mm-hmm. Hugh is at Nettie's house skinning her dog. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, so, with Wilma's knife. Yeah. With Wilma's knife. So all that's going on at the same time, allegedly. Yes. yes. And then people get back to their homes. So Wilma discovers that the windows are broken. Uh-huh. She knows it's Nettie. Yeah. Nettie comes over and sees her dog. She knows it's Wilma. Mm-hmm. So Nettie takes that a, knife. A, a knife, yeah, and goes straight over to Wilma's house. Wilma is getting ready to go kill Nettie. Nobody thinks, hey, I should call the sheriff. No, no. People They're take just in blind home. rage now. Yeah. And so... The biggest fight of the whole movie really happens here. Yes. This is where I call the peak of the movie. Mm-hmm. Everything else mm-hmm. is just like gravy. Where Wilma and Nettie fight to the point where Wilma takes a cleaver to the forehead as they're falling off the roof of the building, of Wilma's building, mm-hmm. and Nettie takes a the knife to the heart. Yeah. So they're dead and kind of like tangled together. Yes. And the husband finds them because they they fall right down at his feet. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, Wilma, are you all right? He's such a moron. Um, Brian, when when the police are there and the townspeople have all gathered around here, Brian wants to talk to the sheriff. But then when the sheriff's like, you know, wants to talk to him, he's like, nothing. Yeah, he's like, oh, never mind. Yeah. Um, Later on, Brian is sitting in a boat dock something like that it seems like that maybe something a it's, barn a, it's on... a building on the side of the ocean yeah on the side of the cliff yeah so maybe a viewing plaza <laughs> no it seemed it seemed it, it's probably a, a boat storage okay and now sheriff is asking him you know mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. and she he keeps i hate when movies do this it, don't go near him. Near yeah. who? Yeah. He's the devil. Who's the devil? Yeah. And they never say the name mm-hmm. until he goes, it's Gaunt. Gaunt's the devil. He's a monster. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And he's got a gun in his hand. Uh, Brian it's does. Danforth's gun. Yeah. Yeah. And he goes to blow his head off and Pangborn stops him. Mm-hmm. In the book, Pangborn doesn't get there in time. Oh, the really? The boy dies. Oh, no. Yeah. That's got to be a sad one to and, read. Pain, uh, the Brian's mom is this woman who lives in a different time. Like, she's a pill popper. She's just, like, got this imagination going that she was Elphys's girlfriend. That explains why she's dressed the way she yeah. is in the movie. And she's dressed like that that way. Plus, she's a deleted scene. Ah. Um, And so she's like this wistful woman that doesn't know what's going on that's why brian was allowed to do anything like he did whatever he felt like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. all right so during this time needful things is closed until further notice even though people keep walking in and out of that place the rest of the movie so norris he uh he's at the office and he's like hey what's in what's in that bag is that bag for me and and the lady at the desk is like, I don't know. It's just there. And she's Brian's mother. Is she? Yes. Oh, that's that's different from the book. 
see in the book she's just this Lacey Pillpopper lady. Ah. She was not yeah. a cop. See, I didn't recognize her. I thought her. she was just a receptionist. Yeah. But he puts his hand in the bag, and of course a rat trap goes off on his hand. So they get the rat trap off, and then they have a note. And maybe you should have read the note first. <laughs> so the note, his hand's wrapped up for yeah, the rest of the movie. Yeah, the note makes it uh, sound like it was from Danforth. Yeah. And then Buster thinks that uh, the, the notes are from Ridgewick, because they're all signed Ridgewick. Mm-hmm. And so he... He's hightailing it to the police station. Angry. Yeah, Ridgway wants to go after Buster anyway. I I skipped a lot of stuff, or I, I said a lot of stuff out of time. It kind of had to be, though. Yeah. Um, one, one big scene we get after a lot of this happens is Alan and Polly have a, a bit of a... a a row. Uh, yeah. They, they kind of have fight over this necklace because he says... You know, Leland's not a good person, and what's even in that? And, you know, so then she goes home, and she's kind of thinking about it, and she tries to take, like, a, a nail file or something yeah. to open it, to see what's in it, and mm-hmm. it shocks her, and it comes off. She instantly starts having yeah, her, the pain again. Her hands instantly go back into fists. Mm-hmm. And Leland... is suddenly there. It, yeah, he just shows up in her room like talking to her and finally puts the necklace back on her and then he has sex with her yeah luckily or, we didn't have to see that or scene what, again whatever sex is in this movie <laughs> oh he she was gonna pay him twenty dollars for it too oh yeah yeah and a small favor i don't know what i think the favor was having sex with him maybe oh he also tells polly later on at some point that Buster and Pangborn are in cahoots. Yes. They're, they're embezzling. Yes. And so she goes to his boathouse, uh, Pangborn's yes. boathouse, finds a bunch of envelopes with $100 bills in them. So we got that going on. While that's happening, Alan is in Needful Things, and he's been going through the entire house. It's mostly empty now. Yeah. Um, and then he ends up in the basement, and he finds all these newspapers that... I mean, some of them date back really yeah. far. Like, he's They're like, seriously, 1862? Yeah, yeah. And you know? he's like, he's not a human. Right. <laughs> I put down, Gaunt does sex on Polly. <laughs> <laughs> Did you sex my mom? <laughs> Did you sex my mom? <laughs> All right. And so we get Pangborn and Ridgewick talking in the uh, sheriff's office. Because... Mm-hmm. They're trying to figure all this Gaunt stuff out, and uh, they find out he's not really from Akron. Yes. Because there's no Leland Gaunt in Akron. Right. And a car rams right into Ridgewick's car. Mm-hmm. And it backs up, and it rams it again. And so they rush out there like, what the hell are you doing? And and they get into a fight, and it's kind of a funny fight because Ridgewick has his hand is messed up from yes. the rat trap. He punches Buster with the hand... <laughs> And immediately goes, ah, son of a, you know, <laughs> and, uh, there's, there's a montage on, uh, YouTube where they say SOB. Oh, really? And it's like every time they said SOB and it's hilarious. Saying SOB or son of a. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. 
It's funny. It is it funny. It made me laugh. So, so let's talk a little bit about how this movie is filmed just just here. Okay. It It's like a TV movie instead yeah. of a uh, theater movie. Right. And in fact, I asked you, I was like, was this a made-for-TV movie? And you said no. And I was like... No, I saw this in the theater. Okay. You know, yeah. the tight, close shots of mm-hmm. people. And I was like, some of these scenes would have benefited from backing up. Yeah. A lot. Oh, yeah. Including this scene. Yeah, and this fight <laughs> happens. Uh, Pangborn comes out, beats down Buster, handcuffs, handcuffs him yeah. to Buster's own car uh, handle, mm-hmm. door handle. And then leaves Norris to deal with it. And I was like, that's a mistake. Yeah, because he's going to go to his boathouse to well, see yeah, what he's Polly's trying doing. Because to... Polly called him out on that right. at this point. But it's still a mistake. It's like, dude... You yeah. should deal with this because something bad's going to happen. So here's one of my other favorite scenes uh-huh. is Norris is like taunting Buster. Yes. He's got a gun up to his head. He's like, I could just pull this trigger right now and nobody would care and stuff like that. And so he pulls the trigger and it clicks and he goes, ha ha ha. And then, of course, Buster, Norris is so close to him now. Buster kicks him in the balls mm-hmm. and, and then kicks him in the face and he goes, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I recognize this actor, too. Yeah, it's J.T. Walsh. Is that? Yeah. What Pleasantville. Is... He was in everything in the 90s. Okay. And then he died of cancer shortly after this. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh, that's why I haven't seen him in anything else. Right. So, so Buster rides home. Still handcuffed. Still handcuffed. Now, in, in this movie, Buster is the foil. Buster mm-hmm. is Gaunt's outside of the store helper. Yes. In the book, it's a guy named Ace Merrill. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, Ace Merrill, we know him from Castle Rock. And Stand By Me, right? Yes. Yeah. And the book called The Body or the movie Stand By Me. Kiefer Sutherland played Ace. Ace. Kiefer, Kiefer Sutherland was offered the role of Ace again for Needful Things. Oh, uh, in the first draft of the script, he accepted. Then they decided we're not going to have Ace in the movie. Huh. So, for whatever reason, that's what happened. I really wish we would have seen Kiefer come back for Castle Rock. It would have been fun. It yeah. would have been fun. I liked the actor that they got. Yeah. But it would have been really fun to have Kiefer there. Right. So... So Buster goes home, and he's trying to get, you know, out of the car. He's honking the whole yeah, way. he's honking. And his wife comes out to the garage, which is apparently a half a mile away from their home. Mm-hmm. And the wife comes out, and he's like, give me a screwdriver. Give me this. And he, she's she hands really him. She's really nervous. Yeah. Well, she at hands first she him something wrong. Yeah. And he goes, uh, Lunkhead, is this... <laughs> Is this what I asked for? No, it's not. Go over there and get me. And then he wouldn't let her go. Yes. To turn around and get some because he was going to tell on her. She was going to with tell the on sheriff. Him. Yeah. He was super paranoid by this. And point. he's like, he's like, you've been banging Norris Ridgewick this whole time and blah yeah. blah. And she's like, what are you talking about? And so he gets a hammer and uh, he gets a loose, screwdriver. Yeah. He gets he pulls the uh, door handle off, and then. Uh, she says something and calls him Buster. Yes. That Instant sets him regret. off. 
And so he bashes her head in with that hammer. Yeah. So we you, don't see that. No. We see, see the result. You see him washing his hands. The hammer. Then, the hammer. And then he smashes the hammer with, uh, or smashes a mirror with the hammer. Because he goes, stop looking at me. And he smashes that. Then he calls Gaunt. He goes, I just killed my wife. I didn't Is mean that to. Wrong? Yeah. <laughs> And he's I didn't like, want to do it. He's like, no, these things happen, Buster. Or he never calls him he Buster until he never calls him Buster. Yeah. Uh, he calls him Danforth, and he plays to Danforth's uh, sympathetic side. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why don't you come over here and we'll talk about it? Blah 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 blah. Uh, we we go back to Hugh. Yeah. Hugh has gotten a shotgun from Leland. Yes, because he thinks that his tires were slashed by the bar owner. Which were really slashed that by I the wanna priest. I want to call Neil. I had ever... I, I never wrote his wrote, name down yeah. somewhere, but it's too late now. My... Oh, Henry. Oh, the reverend's last name is Rose. Yes. Willie Rose. Yes. Mm-hmm. Willie Rose, I believe, is in another book. Okay. I believe he's in the Dark Tower series. Oh, okay. And something, something, Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, uh, he he goes in there to confront the bartender and with the gun, and the bartender gets out a gun, and then they shoot each other. Yeah, they just kill each other. End of story. There. The cops are a little busy now. Yes. A lot of stuff has happened in the last two days. Yes. Things escalate. To where people are just looting and killing each other on the streets. Yeah, it we becomes see, a riot. We see Willie Rose and, and, and the priest get into a fight because the, the, the church blew up. Yes. Because which, Buster planted a bomb there. Yes. I mean, it just gets a little out of control. Pangborn was in the church when it blew up. No, he wasn't. Yes, he was. He was just leaving the church when it exploded. Well, oh, Yeah. Oh, wait, yes. Him and, it ca- him happened and the outside priest. in, the, yeah, in, in the, the grave. in the grave. Yeah. Him and the priest are arguing. So he, he blew up dead people, too. Yeah. So, nice. So there's probably body parts everywhere. Yeah, everywhere. It's it's raining blood. Ew. <laughs> and we see Leland kind of just sitting in the back. Yeah, just he's just watching. watching. He's watching his handiwork because this is how he eats. This yeah. is how he feeds. Yeah. Much like Pennywise feeding off of fear, Leland Gaunt feeds off of anger and stress. Mm-hmm. So we have this theme in in his books, in Stephen King's books, where the, the monster feeds off of energy yes. and becomes stronger until the protagonist figures out what he feeds on and cuts him off. Mm-hmm. So fights are breaking out. The priest and the minister are like... They're about to kill each other. Yeah, on each other. Like, they have real weapons. And it was funny because Pangborn was like, stop that right now. And and the priest goes, F off. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And they're just like, he says, he says, if you don't stop right now, I'm going to pull an F and bullet in your head. Yeah. And and you'll stop then. And And uh, that's when Leland is like, yeah, go ahead. He's like, do it. Yeah, and so instead, he starts shooting up into the air. Yeah, in a scene that is so 90s. Yes. Like, you've seen this in every 90s movie. Yeah. The frustrated guy shooting up into the air in like an arc. Yes. Kind of way. I was like, bullets come down. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and then he gives his epic speech. Yeah, well, well, Gaunt goes, oh, you wussy. Yeah, yeah. Still one of my favorite lines <laughs> in a movie. But the big, the biggest question... That Alan asks all the people is, what price did you have to pay? Right. And people start confessing. 
and uh, <laughs> and and uh, Gaunt is like, "You guys, you're all weak-minded." Blah blah blah. Uh, Buster shoots Pangborn uh, in the shoulder. Yes. Mm-hmm. With a with a sniper rifle. Yes. And then we see that Buster is also wired to explode. Mm-hmm. Can't get away with that anymore. Mm, might be able to, but probably not. Yeah. I call it a suicide vest because that's what it that's is. That's exactly what it is, yeah. So, all this is going on and people are starting to realize, oh, maybe I did something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and you see some people, like, one guy rammed another person with his car because that guy stole his first edition copy of yes. Treasure Island. So, other people's stories are coming out mm-hmm. that we never got to see. Right. Pangborn exposes Gaunt for what he is. Danforth still is, like, angry. Yeah, yeah. Every time Gaunt said something, Keaton would just mimic it. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, Buster kind of turns on Gaunt. Yeah. And this Gaunt is when... calls him Buster. That's right. And he says, don't call me Buster. Yeah. And so he tackles gone uh-huh. throw it into the front window mm-hmm. and the house explodes yeah yeah so gaunt buster they're dead or are they yeah leland's not no we see leland strolling through the burning house yeah coming out and he comes out and he goes oh this is it's a crazy day huh he goes not my best work not my best work <laughs> i've had better times but he's, he pretty much says he's the devil or a devil. He also tells uh, Pankborn and Polly about their future children and grandchildren. Yeah. And he says that he'll see his grandson in Jakarta in like 2053. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and that doesn't happen in the book. Oh, okay. In the book, it wraps up with, all right, let's finish the movie first. Yeah. So in the movie... He just gets in his car drives and drives off. away and then disappears at the county or at the state yes. line. And we get a reverse of the opening yeah. out of the town. And that's the end of the movie, really. Mm-hmm. In the book, a lot more things happen at the end. But also, Gaunt turns into a demon mm. of some sort mm-hmm. and gets on his horse while his car, his tucker, transforms into a horse with flaming hooves. Okay. Like a nightmare mm-hmm. from Dungeons and Dragons. And he rides away on that thing. Like, okay. that's how he ends it. Stephen King's not really good at ending things. That's <laughs> why his books are 900 pages long. Because they just keep going until yes. he's like, well, that's that's how that ended. You know? <laughs> Joe, Joe Hill is much better at that, uh-huh. at ending his stories. Stephen King's never been really good at it. So, anyway... That's a movie in a nutshell, and it's really hard to find this movie. I looked on Amazon first, um, and I saw copies of the DVD, and they were for like $58. And I'm like, well, I'm not spending $58 for a movie. No. Especially a movie from 1992. Right. Um, What do they think this is, 2001? Yeah. And so (laughs) this is one of the reasons why I got those $5 a month stars. Oh yeah, so we can see some of these movies. Yeah, because they have some Hitchcock stuff on there that I want to do. Mm-hmm. They had Needful things. They got Zombieland, Double Tap. I want to do some of these. 
as like part of this podcast and I was like, well, it's got needful things. We could just watch needful things. We'll be good. So it took us a while, but yeah, yeah. got around to it. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of the movie? Um, I, I liked it for the most part. Yeah. Um, I really feel like it, it needed a bit more story work yeah, to make things not so choppy. Yeah. Um, I, I do feel like they shot it like it was a TV show. If this was 18 episodes, 18 one hour episodes, yes. it would still not be enough. I don't think, but really? it would have told the story in a more cohesive manner. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that was my biggest problem is that it jumped so much because there are these things that are playing out at the same time, and I get that. Yeah. It doesn't mean it's a bad movie. No. At all. It just means that... And it's well acted. I mean, Ed they, Harris... It had spectacular Max von actors in um, it. The guy that played Norris Ridgwick, he's in like stuff that I like. Yeah, yeah. I recognized a lot of the people, even the, the woman who played Wilma... I'd yeah. recognized her from TV before. Mm-hmm. Um, Amanda Plummer, she's an excellent actress. Yeah. I just, I feel like it needed to simmer a little bit more before they they went into production. Right. Yeah, me too. Um, the music was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It wasn't overly distracting. It was well acted. Um, that's pretty much all I can say about it. Mm-hmm. So, anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, we don't know how to end a podcast either. <laughs> this is our dumb themes. Um, no, uh, this has been Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. Give us a like on Facebook, and we are Happy Fun Time Movie Hour. Um, follow us on Twitter. We are at Fun Time Movies One. That is Fun Time Movies and the number one. You can listen to us everywhere. There are podcasts. In the world. That's right. Including Stitcher. Mm-hmm. Because we're contractually obligated to mention <laughs> them in every podcast. <sighs> anyway, stay inside if you're still scared of the coronavirus. Yeah. I know we're doing that for the most part. Anyway, stay inside and watch a movie. <laughs>